My name is Chris Jones, and I'm the online pastor at FBC Allen, and this is Pastor Chad. And we are starting a new podcast just for you so that we can take you behind the scenes of what exactly is our heart for what we're doing right here at FBC Allen. And so, Pastor Chad, we talked about church membership last week, last Sunday. Yeah. And it's very important. It's a hot topic out there, too. It is a very hot topic. In fact, one of the hottest topics we get is, the one of the questions we get is, always about the invitation. Why don't we do an invitation at the end of a service? And you kind of talked about the history of the invitation. So kind of elaborate for us, like, what does that mean? Yeah, the, the late 1800s with the revivalist movement and uh, Finney, uh, he started doing the sawdust trail, just come forward and make a public commitment in kind of tent revivals. And, uh, and so that then worked its way to local churches. So early part of the century, or wow. early part of last century, you have more local church invitation things going on as they started to follow the pattern they were seeing in revivalism. Mm. Uh, a lot of them didn't. Most churches still pretty small, but some started moving that in. And then it just becomes a standard, like a lot of traditions yeah. where, okay, well, <laughs> we, we've, the world has always done that. You know, Jesus just Stood there on the Sermon on the Mount, finished the Sermon on the Mount, and played a couple of verses of just as I am, and they all just came walking up there, and that's how it worked. That is know? not how it and happened. That may not have oh, been how it worked. I was so, taught that. I know. That's, we, that's DBU education. Again. I know. That's it's where it's you rough. You never know what you're going to get. Out of those guys. <laughs> and so uh, we've, we've been looking at it. Well, then we ran, we ran, we're running into some different trends, yeah. and obviously the world keeps changing, and so we don't. The gospel doesn't change, but how we present and all those things always shifting. So during COVID, we did a lot of evaluating all over this place. And which okay, we know that over 60% of our people who come to our church, sometimes pushing towards 70, didn't come from a Baptist background. Absolutely. So, and there's a lot of Bible churches, a lot of independents, and, uh, and they don't do it that way. So that's part of it, but... Uh, with not a Baptist background, the whole thing of the invitation was becoming more of a barrier than, mm -hmm. than a front door. And so the other part is that with our Baptist crowd, you say, hey, come forward. We're going to talk to you about, say, I'd like to give my life to Christ today. Okay, well, the people back over there, they're thinking, uh, well, I have reservations at uh, Chewy's uh, in about 15 Absolutely. minutes. And I'm ready to head, head to lunch <laughs> after church. And so they're not going to be really cool with what needs to be a, a fairly extended conversation. Yes. Same thing, you're coming from different church backgrounds. Well, how do you join? Well, I'm going to join by transferring my membership. How does that work? That's not too hard if you're a Baptist person. Mm -hmm. But I'm coming from an independent church. How do I join the church? Okay, and what is baptism and how does that factor into this whole thing, depending on what background they're coming from? And so it's a commitment to Christ and a commitment to the church is an important enough thing we just said you gotta give it the time it needs. Yes, and we don't want to. We don't want to short circuit this. So we're still doing a talk to us. Here's a commitment time, but it's in a in a in a space that we've set aside for that out in the rotunda area. As you're going out, you're not just being spotlighted. We have time to sit down and talk. Set up. We need to have more conversation because it's just too big of a deal just to say, okay, just as I am. This verse is going to go about forty seconds. And uh, that's what you got. So yep. work it out. Well, that's not really how spiritual <laughs> quick conversation ought to be. So Absolutely. we're going we're to press that forward to make it what it really ought to be, I think. And one of the things, like being in student ministry, a lot of kids were so scared. It's a cultural thing. They're so scared yeah. 
to go down front because it's it's embarrassing or they don't like to be in front of all those people and and, and it was something that held them back from wanting to yeah. make that public and we would talk to them behind the scenes and they didn't that was a big barrier for them yeah. to come forward and so that was also how do you see that as culturally now because we have that in adults too that oh sure it's a barrier yeah even during the you know two decades ago when somebody came down like oh, I'm really I'm really struggling with my marriage or I got a crisis or my mom's got cancer and I'm mm -hmm. burdened for her and they come down for prayer during that time which a lot of what we're doing after the service in our connection center Absolutely. is praying for people because yeah. again they got to unpack some stuff there's there's some biblical counsel that takes place and in that prayer time it just takes a little more time but you'd see people in the building that somebody started coming down What's wrong with them? What's their, <laughs> you know, instead We gotta of, know. Well, we, you know, it's really not for you to know. Absolutely. And, and then they go back and they're teary and, well, I wonder if their, you know, family's gone belly up or I wonder, wonder what their deal is. Not really the... It's not the personal The, the concern and yeah. the care and, like Loving you said, then you're putting a spotlight on something Absolutely. that's really an uh, intimate spiritual conversation it needs to take place in a different environment. So we just said... It's probably time for us to shift on this, and there'll be there'll be times we do things that are tangible. Mm -hmm. Walk forward, make a you know share a prayer request, put it in a box down front. We've done those kind of things. Yeah, nail a nail something to the cross, a sin that I really need to overcome. We've done those kind of things, uh, but uh, for the most part. It just needs to be a conversation that and it's has a plenty of space. Big commitment. And, and one of the things people don't know is children come and see you all the time. And when they go down front, there's been a lot of conversation that's taking place with their families, with you, with Lisa. Yeah. And so they don't realize that that's not just that moment that they decided to make a yeah. commitment. There's a lot of conversation that took place. And children's that. a great example, Chris, because you get down there and uh, we've had parents say, they said they want to be baptized. Okay, well, have you... So why would you want to be baptized? Because yeah. my friend just got baptized. And okay, well, that's a weird conversation to have Absolutely. with mom and dad wanting or excited because it's a step toward Christ. So we celebrate that any way it comes. But it's a whole lot better if we've had that conversation somewhere else where we've been able to do the interaction back and forth, with, a, especially with a child. It's going to take a solid hour to really yes. work through all of that, get them talking to me, responding and and then mom and dad being there to be able to uh, discern nobody knows their kids better than mom and dad but it has to be a process that takes time safe space and to celebrate that and baptism celebrate it, as they do it. absolutely yeah that's what you know, oh well, what are we hiding well you know the public profession of faith is baptism absolutely not walking down the aisle that's a new thing that's a that's a cultural thing or tradition thing in a lot of Baptist churches, but it's not a biblical thing. Absolutely, a lot of ways to do what we do in a next step with Christ. That's incredible, and and it it's it's impacted so many people, and I'm so thankful right. for that because we've seen so many people talk to us about a next step in baptism, yeah. and and it's been really good. Speaking in the membership when you were preaching on Sunday, you talked about low commitment that we kind of see culturally. There is a, there's this low commitment in community. And, and yeah. it's just like, I'm attending, I'm participating, but I'm not really committed to it. What, what do you see our culture as far as the low commitment with churches? We have more people that are uh, couples that are living together before they get married than ever before in history. And, and you, you break out the demographics of that and you break out the stats on that. And 
if you begin a relationship with a low commitment, the chance mm -hmm. of a long-term relationship just starts going away quickly. It's a great word. And so that's one spot that if you don't have that marriage commitment on the front end where you say, I made a commitment in front of witnesses before God, then you're just building on a foundation of sand that's mm. not going to stand up. Back to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount comment wow. about the building on a rock, building on the sand. It's the same thing for a church commitment that if you just slide in, you slide out, I enjoy the worship, or, uh, but I'm not really, I'm not committing to anything, then it's easy to fall away from a low-level commitment. Absolutely. And so doing something that's tangible, measurable, I'm, do, I'm doing, I'm putting my name on a piece of paper saying, I'm a part of this family, I'm going to love them, I expect them to love me, I'm going to serve, to be served, it's all those things that are part of being a, a, a tangible part of a church family. Uh, those are the things that uh, I think uh, drive a higher level commitment. And we talked about, you know, we, we see low level commitment to country and there's plenty of conversation about that right now in our nation. Low commitment to marriage, low commitment yes. to work, low com er people just come and go and everybody's making choices, but it, it ends up being, uh, it, it creates uh, low commitment environments that yes. really don't grow people and don't develop disciples. And Jesus said, you know, if you're going to follow me, you you're going to take up your cross and follow me. You know? Absolutely. The only reason you take up a cross <laughs> is to die. That's pretty high-level commitment. Jesus didn't water it down. Yeah. We need to raise the level of commitment instead of saying, what's the lowest common denominator that we can still call ourselves church? What What did Christ call us to? He calls to an all-in-for-life kind of commitment to Him mm -hmm. and, and then commitment to the church. It's a good word. And we see in culture isolation yeah. and commitment at an all-time low. The big popular phrase is okay. that uh, yeah. Jesus... Uh, I love Jesus, but yeah. I don't love the church. And yeah. and so a lot of people, they follow Jesus, but they don't want to have <laughs> anything to do with the church. And so do you see that as a heart issue? What do you, how do we combat that? And, and as a believer, do I need to be a part of a church? Yeah, and I think the, I think the biblical model is always you, you give your life to Christ and you enter in not just to the kingdom of God, but to local churches. And we see that pattern all the way through the New Testament that you, you're with a group of people and there's a commitment mm. that you have between them and you. And I know people write off the church. I don't need the church to, the church is mess. And the church is a mess because it's full of messy people like Absolutely. me and, and especially like up. you. Yeah, I messed up big and time. So yeah, we got, we got all that going. But what I see with, uh, when it comes to the church is uh, if, you, if you said, hey, Chad, I love you. But man, I hate being around your wife. I'd be kind of offended, but that Jesus Absolutely. said the church is the bride of Christ. Yes. And, you know, if if you say, hey, Chad, I really, man, you're you're awesome, but I can't stand to look at you. Your body is so offensive to me <laughs> in so many different levels. Okay, well, that's going to stir things up between us probably. Yes. Well, people say, hey, Jesus, I love you, but I hate your body, and the church is the body of Christ. Mm. And so... You got to care about what Jesus cares about. The Bible says Jesus gave his life, laid down his life for the church. So if I'm growing in spiritual maturity, I'm going to love what Jesus loved. And Jesus loved word. the church. That was core to who he was and how he organized this Christian life to be lived out, in, always in community. So we've got to elevate, love Jesus, 
But you got to love one another to show you really love Jesus and to live out loving Jesus. And I love how you, you always use the example of, of your son, Austin, that he was a mascot. And you had to commit to the booster club, even though you may not have wanted oh, to yeah. be a part of it. Yeah. You had to commit to putting in time. We, as parents, we have to commit to that. Yeah. So there is commitments all around. And you see it everywhere, social clubs, uh, civic clubs, and uh, and then yeah, raising my kids in Allen and being a part of booster multiple booster clubs, depending on what they were interested in year to year. And, yeah, and they all expect the same thing. Yep. No big no big surprises. Okay, I joined the booster club. I was in the in the FFA booster club, and I was in yes. the track booster club, and the, the cheer booster club, and that's where my life really went south, by the way. But. Um, <laughs> But you look at them and they expect the same thing. Yeah. We expect you to attend our meetings. We expect you to help us raise money for what we're doing things for. We expect you to volunteer. And basically, that's what every church's expectation should be of members. You're going to attend, you're going to give, you're going to serve. And that's just a baseline. And you do that for your booster club or your civic club or whatever, whatever sports your kids are playing, you're doing those same kinds of things or scouts or wherever it is. Why would you not do it for the church of Jesus Christ? Amen, amen. And uh, we ought to at least expect that level of commitment. And you talked about expectations. So in your sermon, you talked about the expectation of being baptized, of being in a small group in worship, and also serving and giving your talents, times, and treasures. Where do you see those expectations kind of like baptism is a, is a fairly low-rung kind of commitment. Where do you see most church members when they get baptized, where do they kind of stop their their expectations where is that kind of where you see yeah, it a, a lot of it does break into the service area i think because we we, we really are a culture of consumers mm -hmm. our economy is a consumer culture. absolutely i love more stuff. more than uh, we're not producing a lot of stuff we're just creating things Consuming. to do and to yes. have and to go and and so we come to church and it's also i'm just a consumer here what, what do you have for me and there's mm -hmm. no there's no, okay, what do you bring into the table? This is like a, uh, in, in my family, at my house, I say, hey, where's, where's the evening meal? Who's going <laughs> to wash my clothes? Who's going to do, well, mow the yard? And, and I'm expecting everyone else to, well, family doesn't work well that way. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know, we share responsibilities and everybody's got a chore and they do what they do. And sometimes I, I'm going to have more of it than at other times and sometimes Ron is going to have more of it than at other times. The Absolutely. kids are going to, in the different layers of how old they are, what they can do and how they can contribute. But it's a team effort, and very much is the church a team effort. It takes everyone mm -hmm. to do everything God intends for that church to accomplish. Everyone's got to be playing their part. And not just at the kindergarten level, just like at home, yeah. but as it goes up, Keep there are going. bigger things that you should do, and that's true for an adult. Um, I can be a greeter at the door, and that's a great place to jump into ministry. Amen. And I've jumped, I've done greeter at the door stuff as the pastor of the church. I'll it, still, yeah. I'll stand at the door on a Sunday With sometimes. With a smile on your face, and it's And wonderful. I don't mind at all, but that's not the end of, yeah. hey, I can check my box. I'm serving the Lord at my church when, okay, I also have these other gifts yes. and other things I could do. I need to keep finding my next step wherever I've been before. Uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's something else God has for me to learn to trust Him more to faith, have my faith values to grow, how I read the Bible, how I pray, have to be stretched. And so I gotta be stretching me out too. And that's true for everybody. And it can be frustrating in church because it's like at home when Grady is sitting there, my son, 
He's watching TV and not taking out the trash. You know, and I'm sitting there going, yeah. why are you not doing anything? But uh, for a lot of church members, that's what they're doing is they're sitting on the yeah. couch watching the TV and there's so many needs that we have in the church. And as parents, we get frustrated, but as Christians, we should too yeah. because there's so much to do and there's such a kingdom work. And the adventure of the Christian life is getting in the game. Mm -hmm. It's no different. I'm, I love Friday night football in Texas and I've got my tickets and I'm looking forward to the season kicking off here shortly. But I'm not getting a whole lot of exercise or a whole lot of yeah. excitement. It's like, and I'm a fairly subdued fan anyway. I'll cheer for them, <laughs> I'll clap, I'll yell. But you watch the guys on the sideline who are in the game. Yes. Who they've got they've got something happening on Absolutely. a Friday night. They have a different appreciation for football than I do, and their experience at the end of it. There's a whole lot more. We did this together. And that's the joy of it is, mm -hmm. okay, and, and you and I have shared a lot of those kind of things through the years together serving here at the church. Absolutely. Of, okay, it's not just, we, we came up with a plan and something happened, but we did, we did something together that was bigger than we could have done by ourselves in that team effort. Same thing in a church. It's, we did this together and we moved the ball down the field and something eternal happened Absolutely. when we're doing it up here. And so everybody ought to have a taste of that on a regular basis. And it's a blessing. I've heard so many stories of in the children's area, the children. As a matter of fact, a Bible study we were doing last night, one of the young adults said it was a blessing that the child actually preached to me last Sunday. It, it really impacted their heart. And I just, I got so much blessing from serving like you've talked about. And so yeah. we want people to take that next step. And there isn't a place where they arrive. You know, we hear that all the time, like I've put in my time. Do you, oh, yeah. Do you yeah. think that that's biblical that, oh, I put in my time, like, we're always growing, right? In, always, in yeah, I love the I love the story, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they're the only two spies Moses sends into the promised land that come back and say, hey, we can do this with God's help. And uh, so they say, okay, Caleb, we're going to give you some special, we're going to give you a special place. Mm -hmm. in, we finally made it to the promised land after all these years wandering in the wilderness. It's only Joshua and Caleb out of that whole crew that left Egypt that gets to go into the promised land. So Caleb's in his 80s, and what do you want? Well, hey, I want a, I want a beach resort in this quiet, sleepy little town. No, that's not what he asked for at all. Caleb <laughs> says, I, I want to take, there's this high ground. Oh, yeah, and there are giants there. That's what I want to spend the last stretch of my life. I want to mm -hmm. do something hard, something exciting, something where I'm still going to have to be leaning into trust in the Lord. And he wasn't nearly retired. He's a great That's example amazing. and one of many that are, uh, they're just going to lean in it, into it to the end. And I love to see, I love to see our oldest adults who are still okay. My kids and my grandkids, they're not they're not around here anymore. But I'm still investing in the next generation. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be able to do it and. Uh, a seat, you know, and we have folks that do that at Vacation Bible School and on on Sundays and Wednesdays that still lean into it. And a lot of people, you know, retired in their 40s and 30s and yeah. 20s. You can retire a lot of different places from serving the Lord. And and I just keep finding new things that are exciting for me to, to jump into. I have something in a couple of weeks that is just a different kind of experience serving mm. the Lord that I'm really excited about it. And I'm still finding... Find an adventure in leaning into next step stuff myself. And I don't, I don't want anybody to miss out on that. And it keeps you excited about coming and being a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of people, it seems like, get bored because they're sitting in a yeah. pew and, and they're not getting anything because God's pushing them. We're designed 
yeah. to serve exactly. the Lord, and that's incredible. Yeah, just your spiritual atrophy take, takes over yeah. because you're just sitting and soaking. And uh, we have uh, we have a lot of uh, overly fed and under uh, under exercised. It's a great word in the world. And that's the problem uh, why a lot of people uh, just yeah. walk away. I'm, I'm bored. Yeah. And you're like, you we shouldn't should, be. We spend all our time on head knowledge. And head knowledge, in our, in our church world, it's a lot of head knowledge. I'm going to go to another Bible study and another Bible study and another Bible study. I keep wondering why I'm not growing spiritually, why I'm still struggling with the same things I was struggling with 25 years ago. It's because obedience is where the big next steps are going to come. And we've got to do something about all this stuff we're learning. Mm-hmm. And probably, okay, instead of going to three Bible studies this fall, why don't you go to one and then do something about what you learned and you're going to see the growth off the charts. That's where we grow is by putting into practice what we've been learning in a sermon or in a in our, uh, in our small group, Absolutely. wherever it is. Let's put it into practice. And, and it's great to put it into practice for me. It's better if I put it into practice and you and I are shoulder to shoulder on a project yes. or me and four other people from my group are doing something together to say, Okay, not only did we learn that on Sunday or in on our Tuesday night Bible study, but we're going to do something about it this week that's tangible for Absolutely. the kingdom of God. It's experiencing God together. I was yeah, telling the young adults God. last night that do you have a person that's married teaching you about marriage or do you have someone that just has a knowledge, a single person yeah. teaching you knowledge? And I feel like we have a lot of people that are teaching knowledge that don't have that experience of the relationship with right, God. Right. And we need more of those people. You need to experience it so you can yeah. speak it. You have more of a passion when you do exactly. that. Exactly. And you don't have to be that far ahead to help other people. Absolutely. If you're, you're a half step ahead of me, I can learn something from you and you can pull me forward. You're in the game. You're I've got the places it. where I've got a lot of strengths. I have other places. I need other people who are leading me, teaching me, growing me, mentoring me spiritually. And we want to help you. If, if you're out there... Oh, yeah. Um, and you're like, I don't know what it is. Come and talk to us. Come and come and talk to your friends about what that gift is you have, and and find out because you yeah. may never have known what gift you have. And people are like, Yeah, you're great with kids, or you may be great exactly. at greeting. You have a great heart and a yeah. And often we, we devalue whatever those things are. Well, Absolutely. I'm just what little old me. What can I do? Well, you run a multinational corporation. I'm pretty sure you have some leadership gifts. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> there's some other little clues in there. But yeah, your friends often will say, I've watched you with your kids. You're great with kids. I've watched you coach a team. You're great mm-hmm. with leading a, a group. I, I've, I've watched you be an encourager to people who are down and all these different... You, you need to find a way to incorporate that into how you're, how you're really pushing forward in a bigger way than just on one-on-ones. How can you help other people learn to do that? Absolutely. And, and, and bless other people. You're, exactly. you're blessing the church by being a part of that. And that's, that's a great so word. So much is just getting in the game and, uh, and applying what God's already built into you and taking it to next step levels. And that's when church becomes more than, mm. that's that thing I go to on Sunday. You know, my favorite thing people ever say is they say, well, at my church, mm. I, think, I love it because it's not just the church I go to, it's your, it's an ownership. It's ownership and membership. Word. Membership in a church leads to a sense of ownership. It's not just that church. It's what are you people doing? It's my church, and how can I? I was I was with a group of our leaders uh, a while back, and the way I described them, we were in an interview process with a respective staff member, and uh, and what I was able, I, I scanned the room while they were introducing themselves, and then I said, here's what I want you to know about the people in this room. The people in this room, 
There's some people who they don't start thinking about church till they walk in the building on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they stop thinking about it when they walk out. Yeah. But this group of people, they're thinking about their church all week long and how can I make it better? Amen. How can I make it a more of an impactful place? How can I make it a place where people are going to be loved and, and they're going to love being here? How can I make my church everything Jesus wants it to be? That's who these people are mm-hmm. in this room. And I love to sit in a room with people like that. And I like to invite other people into such a room. Such a blessing. You talked about membership. Now, we have a lot of people out there that haven't joined our church. They call it the church, and yeah. it's not my church. And you have a way for them to discover that this can be their church. And, and talk about that, the first steps class that you have yeah, and so, what that looks like. Uh, last Sunday of the month, which is August the 25th, 18th, 29th, 29th. <laughs> We have Julie Roden out there that is helping us out. So August the 29th. So, okay. Well, <clears throat> August the 29th. There you go. There we go. We found the date. We got it. August the 29th. We're having the first steps class, and we've called it different things. We're just calling it first steps because it's a first step in connecting with the church, and uh, it's going to happen Sunday morning. Opposite everything else happening Sunday morning. So anybody with kids just filters into what's Child happening for there, kids yeah. already, but. We're going to meet up about nine, around 9 o'clock, okay. in the, and uh, information's out there on the website about where that is and all those things, but we're going to meet up at 9 o'clock, and first of all, I, I share stories and sermons and things, mm-hmm. but just to give you the backstory, here's who I am, here's what I'm about, here's what I do, here's, here's my family, and you know, my kids are grown and out of here, but they're a whole lot of my story, so just... Get to know me better. Get to know who the staff, the staff dynamics, who we are as a group, and uh, but mostly talk about who we are as a church, how we organize, what does it mean to be a part of a church, a simple gospel presentation. Because That's I don't incredible. assume anybody walks Absolutely. into our church has ever made that commitment. So we'll share the gospel and also kind of preview. Here's a tool that we have hundreds of our people in our church trained to do this. Yes. Uh, I'm not the only one that can do it. <laughs> and so here's something you might be interested in. Here's how to connect with a group. Here's why it's important. Here's what's expected of members, and here's the, just the how-to of Who how you join in a little do. more detail. Okay. And then we're a Baptist church, and what that means. There are over 100 different kinds of Baptists just in the United States. Yep. So we happen to be the largest of those groups. What does that look like? And that, you know, it always freaks people out that, you know, they think, okay, church is something like this. There's something at the top, and then it bleeds down to us peons down here at the bottom. Yeah. We're, in our Baptist life, churches are autonomous. We determine our own strategy, structure, style here. What does that look like? How does that work? So we'll break all that stuff out and give opportunity to make commitments. And then we're also going to have a lunch uh, for any new members, as well as people who are still exploring membership. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lunch uh, at noon, same day, uh, August 29th, give people an opportunity to just learn more. Also, I'll be in the first steps class, but we'll have... Uh, I'll be there rest, the rest lunch, is, yeah. Yeah, rest, yeah it's lunch. There. there you go. Yeah. Well, it's all about motivation. Well, the rest of the staff there, and they'll be uh, a part of that uh, conversation too, just to hear from them, see them, connect the dots between who's who. And see us as people. We're just like the people in the church. We're not, there's nothing special. Yeah. Like, I, you always get that, like, oh, you're a minister. No, we're, we're people. We have families. We, we're messy just like everybody yeah, else and living one day at a time. That's it. That's it. And, and do, but doing it together and encouraging other people, let's do this together because we sure need a whole lot. As crazy as the world is, we need a whole lot of one another going on, and there's Absolutely. good one another's in the Bible. Absolutely, we live them out of church. 
And so anybody that attends this, they're not necessarily saying, I want to join. This is a way for them to learn it's a good place how to, to join. And, and so they're a, not committing yeah, to you something. You get a sense and, of the, the personality of the church, what's important to us. And there are a lot of churches, a lot of different priorities and all. This is just who we are. And if this is a good connection point, uh, well, we'd love to have you. Whosoever will may come. We're always that, welcome new people. That is incredible. And it gives them the commitment at the very end. They can yeah. commit to be this is their church at that point, and right. we come in as brothers and sisters and just love on them. And exactly. It's been neat to see the people that have joined and just how they've gotten involved, um, and it's just been a blessing. So, yeah. Pastor Chad, thank Good. you so much. This oh, it's great. We love talking about experience. Yeah, it's, it's such a need, I think, and especially in an isolated world, and especially online. People isolate themselves, and, and yeah. you know, being an online pastor, my goal is, is to take that isolated person seeing Jesus and, and get them incorporated in community because community is so important. I, I would not be here if it was right. not for the, the church and the body of Christ. I would be so just gone. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so talked about it. Yeah, I'm a year into this cancer journey for me uh, as of this month. So mm -hmm. I'm one year in and I can't imagine having done the last year without the encouragement and the prayer support and all those things wrapped around me. And I'm glad that I had the community wrapped around me before I walked yes. into the hospital that day yes. and found all this out. And so, yeah, you don't want to wait until you're in crisis to say, where's the church? How can the church help me? Yeah. Uh, I knew right where the church was, and uh, I had a lot of relationship that I'd, I'd invested in other people who'd also invested in me and my kids and my wife and our marriage and everything else. Been with us in crisis before. You want that church around you because those times are going to come. Mm -hmm. Church helps you to grow. Church helps you just to persevere when it's hard to. You know who to call. And, you know and who they're to call. There. Yeah, it's not, far, it's not a foreign you. group of people. And our prayer is, is that you out there listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, that you experience that community. And so you can sign up for Pastor Chad's First Steps class on August 29th. Um, there is a class during the Sunday morning experience and also for lunch that you can go on the website. We'll put the link in, in the uh, description of this podcast that we want you to be a part of that. And so it doesn't matter any background. You, you, didn't, you don't even have to attend the church right now. Sign up for that class. We would love to get to know you. Pastor Chad would love to yeah. get to know you. And so we're so thankful for you. We're going to have more of these podcasts coming up. Be sure to check regularly back. And uh, I think me and Pastor Chad are going to interview some other staff members about different yeah. ministries around. And we are going to go beyond just the ministry into the background of why we do what we do. We're so thankful for our church, Pastor Chad. Anything Amen. you want to say to the group? Amen. We just know we love you, and we love you, and Jesus loves you. And in whatever you're facing today, uh, just know uh, he wants to walk with you, and so do we. Amen.